Okay, this morning we will be reading from Luke 12. Luke 12, and um, if any of you don't have a Bible, there are some Bibles scattered under different chairs. You're welcome to take one of those and use it, and if you don't have one at home, please, we would love for you to take one home. So we will read from Luke 12. We will be reading verses 22 through 34. Luke 12, 22 through 34. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Alice, for that reading. My name is Bob Yoder. I'm one of the elders here at the church. Uh, you may be wondering, well, what are you doing here when Pastor Jeff's sitting right there in the front row? Uh, Jeff talked about kind of a downtime after, after the holidays. Well, that's what he was experiencing, so we gave him that time off this last week to, to uh, prepare and get ready for the new year. And uh, so that's where we're at. Uh, I have a blank screen. What's going on? Oh, I got to turn this on. <laughs> so so uh, with, with that in mind, uh, you know, here I am, pastor sitting right there. He always brings a great sermon for us. And so it was so fitting, I think, for this passage to address the idea of worry. And so no worries is the message for me this morning. So that's where we're at. 
actually, uh, this whole idea of, of worry and, and that sort of thing is, is, I think, fitting for us to get back into our study in Luke because of what we're facing in this new year. There's a lot uh, coming at us in the new year. An election year, there's wars going on, rumors of wars, uh, things that are happening all around the world, things in our own lives that are taking place. And so I think it is probably a good uh, focus for us to take uh, and and it's maybe a God thing. Well, it is a God thing. Everything is a God thing, is it not? And so it, it's a God thing that we would begin this, uh, this time or this uh, uh, season of the year by focusing on a subject that Jesus addressed in, uh, in this passage in Luke. We're going to approach it in a couple of ways. First of all, we're going to face the facts about, about uh, our worries and then look at a faith-filled response to worry. Uh, my wife's not here today. She's homesick, but uh, uh, that still doesn't keep me from talking ab about her. Uh, <laughs> so, Jackie, I hope you're watching. Keep, keep me true to what this, this story is about. Do you all remember learning to drive and, and kind of what that experience was like? Maybe, maybe you remember when you learned to drive and you were being taught by one of your parents. Uh, I can remember uh, teaching our three children to drive. Uh, this is not a picture of, of my, me and my daughter, but uh, it's probably just as well. But it's the closest one I could come to what I was experiencing as they were in the driver's seat and I was there next to them. I can remember, uh, uh, you know, look out for this. We're coming into a school zone. Watch for kids coming out. Oh, there could be a bicycle coming up on your side. Are you aware what's going on behind you? I was just all over the board, and I think my worry transferred to her worries as, as she was experiencing that. Well, Jackie, my wife, uh, just very calmly sat in the back seat and sang, Jesus Loves Me. <laughs> what a humbling thing for, for me to to be all this, all over the place in terms of what was happening on the road, and I hear, yes, Jesus loves me. <laughs> the right focus, the right thought as to where we should go with our, our worries. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. God, I pray that as we come to this time and, and look at this portion of your word, Words that you yourself spoke, that, uh, that through your son, that, that gave us this uh, uh, confidence that, and refocus of who you are in our lives. I pray, God, that I would not be in the way of your spirit speaking to us directly here today. Touch us by this word in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to uh, begin by just kind of getting a definition of worry and, and getting that uh, out for us. You know, one of the best uh, resources for, for your own personal Bible study is a good dictionary. Uh, just so you know the words and what they mean and, and understand them. Uh, out, of, out, of the, out of the dictionary, 
This, this is what I found, is that worry can mean to harass or to um, uh, uh, create fear. It was, it was that which originally, in the, I think it was in the German language that it came from, that it caused strangling or, or choking. It had that sort of connotation. In fact, I have heard of like a predator uh, grabbing a hold of, of its prey by the neck and it's referred to as worrying it. It was like uh, it was worrying that animal. So worry is this thing that just grabs us and gets us all, um, the, the word in the, in the Greek that's used here in our Bibles actually has a, has a, definite, has a connotation of dividing. So it, it's like dividing our, our, our minds and, and getting us off into a wrong direction. Worry. Worry has that sort of a definition. And, but you might say, well, but, but I'm not worried. I'm just concerned. I, you know, don't, don't lay this worry thing on me. I'm, I'm just concerned. Well, there's an answer to that as well. Uh, and I did not get this from a, 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 a Christian uh, source at all. I got this from a, a psychology source that tried to define or separate what worry was versus concern. And you'll notice that the thing that, about worry is that there is this negative or darkness sort of association with it. There's this overcoming fear. There's this frozen in doubt. There's, there's the thing that just kind of causes us to, to go be all over the place, kind of like when I was teaching my kids to drive. There is that, that sort of thing, whereas concern is more focused on potential and, and the positive outcomes and the feeling of care for, 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 uh, for the situation or for the people involved. It is, it is motivated out of love. That there, is, there is a difference there. So don't rationalize if you are really caught up with negativity, fear, and doubt and say, I'm just concerned. You can't go there. You've got to fess up to where we are. As I prepared this message today, I found out that I needed to confess my worry. I found out that, that I get caught up in worry sometimes. I, I lose sleep. I, 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 I'm doubtful of whether God's going to come through. <laughs> you ever been there? Well, let's look at our text. The first question we have to ask, because the first word out of Jesus' mouth to his disciples is the word therefore. And I learned in, in seminary that you always ask, when you see that word, what's therefore, therefore? Why is it there? Why is he connecting this, what he's about to say, to what has just previously gone before? And you may recall, it's been a couple of weeks ago before our Advent season, Pastor Jeff uh, shared us, with us the passage just previous to where we are today, starting at verse 13 and going down through 21, where Jesus encountered this rich fool, <laughs> is what the, the subtitle in, in my Bible says, the parable of the rich fool. And in that story, the, the uh, 
there was a, a man that came to Jesus and, and, and told Jesus, hey, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And in that message or in that, uh, in that parable, in that instruction, you'll see at verse, um, um, verse 15, he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And I noted in my sermon notes that particular Sunday, as Pastor Jeff shared that message, I loved this quote. He said, life is more than things and stuff. That's exactly where he's at. And so that was the message in the previous section. And Jesus says, Therefore, since life is more than just stuff and things, I want to talk to you about worry. And then he says it again. Notice in verse 23, he says, Life is more than food and the body more than clothing. So Jesus is just re-emphasizing and driving it home. He uses the incident with the, uh, with the man who came to him and, and asked for his inheritance, and he teaches the idea about uh, what the importance of life is, and then he drives it home with this idea that, hey, we're not just talking about that guy, we're talking about ourselves as well. Do not worry. So, if he is my master, if God is my Lord, then I am going to trust him for my needs. I am going to look to him to help and meet all of my needs. God doesn't ask us to do anything that he hasn't already supplied us with all the resources that we need to accomplish it. In 1 John, it says that his commands are not burdensome. So when a command comes out that says, do not worry i got to trust that he has already supplied me with all I need in order to overcome my worry. Psychologists will tell you, you know, the secular psychologists will tell you, come to me and I will help you manage your worry. I believe what Jesus is saying, I will help you overcome your worry. We can overcome it. I love... This story in, uh, in the Old Testament about King Jehoshaphat. You may recall this story as I relate it to you. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, and the, the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the otherites were gathering together to, to, over, to, to lay siege to Jerusalem and to Judah. And the Bible actually says that Jehoshaphat was afraid. Fear and worry connected. The Bible tells us that Jehoshaphat was afraid. But what did he do? He called for uh, an, a, a full a nationwide fast and called the people together to pray. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, he, that prayer is recorded there for us. What he prays in that prayer, first of all, he prays and acknowledges the things that God has accomplished for them in the past, what God has already done and how he has shown himself. 
He, comes, he goes on in his prayer. He acknowledges his own helplessness and powerlessness to overcome this vast army that is coming at them. And then, and then he closes his prayer with this statement. Before I show it to you, you need to use this statement often. Oh God, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That is where we ought to be in our, in our worry. That's the first place we ought to go in our worry. That is, it is a turning our eyes upon Jesus. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's life for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Those are great words. I told them to you so you didn't have to hear me sing it. Because you would have focused on how terrible that sounds and you needed to hear the words. Worry can mock our master. If I'm not trusting in God to meet my need, I am mocking him. Now that's a pretty strong word. You remember when Jesus was on the cross? The Bible tells us he was mocked. And as he hung there, the people there in that crowd jeered at him and said, hey, if you're the king of the Jews, you come down. Show us that you can do this. Sometimes when we worry, I think our prayer end, actually ends up being something like this. We may not actually say the words, but it's what we're feeling maybe in our heart. God, I don't believe you can do this. God, this is, this is so big. This is so overwhelming. I'm not seeing a way out. I'm not sure you can handle this for me. Now, we would never say that, but our actions, our hearts, our minds will actually take us there in our prayers. Sometimes, well, all the time, I think what God is looking for is for us to really pray, God, I believe you can do this. I don't see a way out. I don't see how it's going to work. But I believe you can do this. He's done it in the past. I'm powerless to do it myself. Oh, God, I do not know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. You start praying that prayer, eventually... It'll turn into, God, I know you will do this. Now, the this may not be what you're thinking the answer is. <laughs> the this may be something completely different. The this is the good that God has in mind for you because God is the father of heavenly lights that only pours out good gifts upon his people. Wait a minute. I, 
I'm sick in bed. I, I, I've lost my, my husband or lost my wife. I, I, I've, I've lost everything, my job. I've, wait a minute. For we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I don't know what that's going to look like, but you've got to trust that there is a good outcome that God has in mind. He will do it. When we worry and say, I don't think you got this one handled, we are mocking our master. Well, let's go on. Jesus asks a question. In which of you, uh, by being anxious or worried, can add a single hour to his span of life. I love it. A good teacher will ask questions of his students. And Jesus, that's what Jesus does so often. It causes us to think a little bit. Well, who, if I continue in my worry, what have I added to my life? In fact, if I really think about it, I've lost time as a result of my worry. If we really think about it, worry takes our time. It takes it away from us. In Ephesians chapter 5 at verses 16 and 17, it says this, making the most of every opportunity. In some translations it says, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Redeeming the time is the uh, encouragement, the instruction at, that Paul was giving to, to the uh, Ephesian believers there. Worry takes our time. And so that doesn't sound like a very redeemable portion of my time if I spend it in worry. Uh, I don't know where I, I, I can't remember who I got this quote from, but I wanted to be sure to let you know this is not my quote. I don't want to be accused of plagiarism or any of, of anything like that. But when we stop worrying about the things we can't control, we have time to do something about the things we can. So we got to come face the fact that worry takes time, takes our time, and takes it away from us. Here's three things that I came up with that, well, actually, I was helped by a, a, a resource that gave me some statistics on worry. But uh, I had noticed in this list that these are three things that I can't control. The first one is the future. The second one is the past. And the third one is what others think or do. Now... You may be wondering what those numbers are up there associated with each of those. The source that I got this list from had done, they came from people that have, have the time to study the different things and come up with statistics and those kinds of things. Those people are needed, by the way. Uh, but anyhow, this list identified that 40% of the things that people worry about are associated with the future. Things that we can't even control. 
I'm worried about what's going to happen as a result of this or what's going to take place. Is China going to go into Taiwan? Is, you, is the Ukraine going to get, get taken over by Russia? Are, is, uh, is Israel going to be overcome by all of its neighbors? Oh, what's going to happen in the election? All of these things tend to, they're in the future. <laughs> 40% take place, are still out there, and you, you have no control over that. 30% of the things that we worry about are things that have already happened. Come on, why worry? It's already happened. Now let's figure out what, where to go from here. 30%, 40 and 30, that's 70% of our time worrying is already spent with things I have no control over. And then the third one, 12% is spent in times worrying over what you're thinking. I'm worried, I, well, I, I'm, I, I'm not, this is, a, the title of this message is No Worries. <laughs> I'm not worried about what you're thinking right now. I'm just worried about getting through it. <laughs> No, the thing that we tend to worry about is what, what our others are thinking or what they're, what they're going to do. You have no control over that. Almost 85% of what we worry about are things that we have no control over. Worry takes my time. Don't go there. <laughs> this all, you know, face the facts is what this, this portion of the sermon has talked about. Why don't, and that's why Jesus called this out, I think. Who, by worrying, has been able to add any amount of time to his life? Face the facts. This thing about control and, and having control reminded me of the, the serenity prayer, which I think uh, some of you probably have heard before and, and are familiar with. The serenity prayer was adopted by Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, <coughs> back in the mid-1900s as a closing prayer for each of their meetings. The prayer goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. What I found out is that Reinhold Niebuhr was the one who wrote that prayer. Reinhold lived in the early 1900s and uh, on. on um, what, I, what I learned is that he wrote that prayer, I think it was in about 1930, 31, somewhere in there. He wrote it out, prayed it, and then forgot it. He, I mean, that was where he was. Years later, someone found his written out prayer and, and it became, it went viral if you could go viral in the 50s. I mean, it, it was, it was, it went, it became a wildfire because it was so pertinent to this idea of, of worry. Here's the full text of Reinhold's prayer. God give us grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Courage to change the things which should be changed and the wisdom to distinguish one from the other. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make things right 
if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. The full context of his prayer included the focus on God and what his intent was. Amen. Well, time, that's there. Time is like one of the resources God has given to us. And I, I got to think, I wonder if there are some other resources that would fit into this whole idea of how a worry takes away my time. Here's three that I came up with. Health, strength, and my mind, my thinking. Health, worry, can make me sick. Any of you got ulcers? How about high blood pressure? Heart, heart conditions? Heart attacks are, are one of the major cause of, uh, of, uh, of death in the world today. Uh, heart, can, our hearts can be affected by worry, stress. In fact, remember that statistical source that I came up, uh, found earlier? Uh, 65% of our illnesses are associated to stress or worry. Wow. That's amazing to think about. Face the facts about worry. It just doesn't make sense. But yet it's so real. And, and it happens so often for us. Strength and energy, worry is tiring. I know the times that I have worried. I've laid awake at night, tossed and turned. I've, I've struggled with, you know, what if this happens and what if that happens? You've all been there. Worry is tiring. I wake up in the morning and I'm beat. Or I don't wake up in the morning because I've been awake all night. Worry affects our mind and our thinking. It distracts us. Jesus is talking here with his disciples. He's saying, don't worry. Later on, he's going to give them the, the clue or the, the um, secret to getting through this worry. And it's, not, it's focusing our attention on him and in his treasure in heaven. Worry distracts us from that kind of thinking. So, worry not only takes our time, it robs our resources. It just takes them away from us. Well, that's, that's all kind of a downer, facing the facts. Worry can mock our master. Worry can take our time. Worry robs me of my resources. Come on, Bob, give us something that's going to help. Jesus gives us something. He gives us a faith-filled response to our worries. Here's the text of what, uh, what's before us. He said, instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. What I saw in that, in that statement is that there is a focused response that we are to have in Matthew, when Jesus was speaking on the same subject in, in the Sermon on the Mount, a different context, but the same content, he said, seek 
first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Focused attention on him. He gives us this instruction to not fear. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We ought to go into this fearlessly, knowing that he has already overcome the world, knowing that he has already accomplished great things in the past, he will do this again. He will be with me through this. He, is, he does have some intent in mind. I can approach this fearlessly because he is greater than the one, that greater is he that is in you than, the, than he that is in the world. And then, sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This isn't like, okay, just get out there and and sell it all and and give it all away, although that's that's what maybe our heart intent could be, that if that's what he asks of us. If the focus is, don't have your faith and trust in those possessions. Life is more than things and stuff. Don't have your faith and trust there, but have your faith in God. Focused, fearless, and faithful to him. That's the answer that he has given. Here's that, that uh, chart that I showed you at the, uh, earlier on in, in the message here today, worry and concern. Notice the consumed by negativity, overcome with fear, frozen in doubt. Notice this, that our focus is on Jesus, not on the negativity of the situation. I am to have entered into this fearlessly, knowing that he is involved with And he is the one who will be with me all the way. And I am not frozen in doubt because I am faithful. I'm going to be faithful to him. God has given us the answer, and it is this. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If my treasure is focused on heaven and Jesus and God and what he is capable and will do, That's where my heart will be with him. Well, there you have it. So what? What are we going to do about this? Are you caught up with worry this morning? Maybe there's something going on in your life that uh, that you don't don't know what's going to happen. You've lost sleep over it. You've, you've, it's drug you down in, in worry. I'm going to show you uh, some scriptures here in just a moment. I wanted to use these as a reminder for us. You know, this word worry never is used in the Bible with respect to Jesus. The Bible tells us in the garden he was troubled, but his focus was on the will of God to be accomplished. Worry is only used in the context that we're finding here. Do not be anxious. Do not worry. It is used 
for us as people who worry. When Jesus was attacked, when he was confronted by Satan, when he was uh, troubled in his heart, he prayed, he, he uh, went to the scripture, he quoted scripture, and he was focused on God, his Father. Here's six scriptures that I'm going to, to put on the screen to remind us of relative to worry. You know, the scripture says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I would encourage you to memorize scriptures that would help you in the area of worry or sin or whatever else is coming into your life. Put these in your heart. The scriptures I'm going to show you, I've got six of them, but I, I could have had many more. I got six because it filled the screen. So I stopped. But it, here's how this is going to work. I'm going to quote you, I'm going to give you the first part of the verse. These are all familiar to you. You're going to finish it for me. Now some of you are taking that instruction and getting worried right now. No worries. I'm going to show you the words. You just read them off the screen. Okay? So here we go. First one. John 14, 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in also in me. Okay, let's try that again. I, I, want, you to, I want you to say these words. I want to hear them come out of your mouth. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Amen. Here's, here's one. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Are you getting these? How about this one? 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Jehoshaphat said, I'm hopeless, I'm helpless, I don't know what to do. God's, God says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about every, anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a mouthful. But man, what a great truth to have in our heart. How about this one? 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, the, the idea of that verse is that you are his personal care. He cares about you personally, just like Jesus was talking about here in, the, in this uh, story as he was talking about the, the ravens and the, and the lilies and all of those things. If God cares about them, his creation, how much more valuable are you? 
Cast all your anxiety in him because he cares for you personally. Okay, one more. Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through him who strengthens me. And you could put Christ in there because that's who it's talking about. Through Christ who strengthens me. Okay. So my daughter, oldest daughter, got her license. Got through all the worries that I had in, in getting her to drive. And our family was taking a, a, a cross-country vacation trip uh, shortly after she got her license. And I thought, well, this will be a good opportunity to actually put her behind the wheel and let her, let her drive. We had a, we had a van, a, a, a minivan, so it had several seats in it. And I decided, remember Jackie went to the back seat and sang Jesus Love Me? I, I decided I'm going to go to the back seat, the very back. <laughs> I'm going to, I, I, for some reason I didn't sing Jesus Love Me. I, I went to, I was going to go to sleep. <laughs> Anne was in front driving. The other rest of the family were in the various seats. We were traveling on I-80 in Wyoming. I thought, Wyoming, what a great place to let Ann drive. <laughs> well, apparently all the truckers feel that Wyoming is a good place for them to drive as well. <laughs> because here I was in that back seat, and I'm looking down the freeway ahead, and there's two semis in, you know, taking up the lanes that are there, and Ann is really coming up on them fast. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, Ann, I was putting on the brakes, and they were, there were no brakes there. I was, I was getting filled with the worry of, of what was going to happen, and, I'm, and I, pretty soon I just blurted out, whoa! And she won't. I mean, she, she put on the brakes, and, you know, what's going on? What's wrong? And, and, uh, uh, fortunately, she kept the car under control and she managed to get by and I was reprimanded <laughs> for my worry. Maybe it's time for us to just get in the back seat and sing Jesus Loves Me. Maybe it's time just to let Jesus drive and turn our eyes upon him. Amen. Lord God, I, I thank you that, that you have the, the answers for us. In the things that come our way, we can trust that you know what you are doing. God, you instructed Joshua with the command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord, your God, will go with you wherever you go. I thank you that you are with us in all things. I pray you will touch us this morning. Guide us in our worry. As we come to this table now, I pray, God, that our eyes will turn to you and look to you for all that you are to us in Jesus' name. Amen.